You're listening to Adjuster Talk with Jason Heenan. What's the number two? All right. So the rule in real estate is that the market's going to be good six or seven years. And then real estate is undoubtedly going to take a breath. For instance, in 2024, we are in a high interest rate environment, which means the government has basically said, everybody needs to slow down and stop moving unless you're rich and then you can move. But everybody else needs to stay still. And so what happens is all these average houses at that 350,000 price point, they get stuck for a while. It's a tough real estate environment to be a commission salesperson. So we see real estate agents cross over to adjusters, typically in that one or two years, whenever you see pullbacks in the real estate market. Welcome to Adjuster Talk, your go-to podcast for all things insurance adjusting by Jason Heenan of Royal Adjusting Services, a leader in the U.S. claims adjusting landscape. We're here to delve into the dynamic world of independent adjusters and share insights and industry trends that matter to aspiring and seasoned insurance adjusters. At Royal, we handle the full spectrum of claims and catastrophes, specializing in residential property claims. Our mission? To provide a better, faster, more cost-effective claims experience, improving outcomes one customer at a time. So whether you're an independent adjuster looking to join a leading team or an insurance agency seeking unparalleled service, Adjuster Talk is your window into professional claims adjusting. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining Adjuster Talk. I'm Jason Heenan, and today I have a special show. I get so many inquiries from different types of people, and I thought it would be a good topic to discuss who is a good candidate to become an independent insurance adjuster, okay? And keep in mind, when I talk about independent adjusting, I'm not talking about crop adjusting or inland marine adjusting or even auto adjusting. I'm talking about adjusting houses and commercial properties, okay? That's the type of adjuster rural adjusting services specializes in. That is the business that we're in specifically, not that... Um, I'm saying anything bad about those. I wish we could get in those other lines of business, but it is what it is. We're good at adjusting houses and commercial buildings. So who's a good candidate? Okay. And I made this list just out of experience for the people that have crossed over and made it. Okay. So I would say the number one type of crossover from a different career to adjusting would be an obvious one, and that is construction, okay? Almost always that when you're out on a house and you can tell a guy's burnout on being a contractor because they'll start asking like, hey, what's the deal with being an adjuster? Tell me about that. And they'll want to know what are the details. And then after they compare it to adjusting to what they're doing, there is a lot of people who are just like, you know what? I am going to go get my license and I'm going to try this because contracting is a super competitive business. Think about that. A roof is not an inexpensive thing. So th there is a nice commission involved in selling a roof, but it is not easy. 
it's not as easy as just showing up and saying, hey, we have a good crew. We have a good history. Uh, we only put on good materials and we warranty this roof for whatever they warranty it for. There are a lot of people who offer that exact same service. And the problems that you have in front of you whenever you're a contractor, if, first of all, does that roof qualify for replacement? Second of all, how big is this person's deductible? There's a lot of 2% deductibles out there. So if you take the average house value in the United States is around $350,000 and a 2% deductible is what they have on their policy. That is a $7,000 deductible a lot of people have on their houses and they don't want to pay that, right? So you have a few obstacles right away. Whereas the claims adjuster, they should be completely unbiased as to what the value of the claim is. They're there to provide a service no matter what the damage is. That means good customer service. That means a good scope, whether there's anything to look at or not. You're going in and you're being consistent and you're making the same report. When the numbers come out different at the end from one that's a roof that's been toasted and a roof that's not been toasted, that's just a benefit of being an adjuster. The roofer, on the other hand, still has some big hurdles they have to get over to get to payday. One of the other things that a roofer has to do is collect depreciation. Let's say they have a good deductible and they're willing to pay it and they don't have to offer an upgrade or offer this or offer that. Let's say you got a good customer who just wants the work done and wants to pay their deductible and go on about their life. Even after the claims adjuster is done with their business, there's a replacement cost check typically involved in any policies that are replacement cost and not actual cash value to very different types of policies. So claims are paid on an actual cash value basis, which means that there is a second check that will be sent to the homeowner if they're insured for replacement cost, and most people are, that the roofer has to also collect. And it's not as easy as knocking on the insured's door and saying, hey, by the way, about that 5000 you owe me right now, I'd like to collect that. That's not how the conversation goes. After the roofer's done, they have to submit proof that they've done all the work that they said they were going to do and send in some sort of certificate of completion, which typically includes photos. The roofer just didn't go out there and do just the shingles. They went out there and did everything on the estimate, the drip edge, the felt, the pipe jacks, the shingles, the gutters, gutter guards, window screens, window beading. There's so many things that are typically involved in a claim. So it's not just an easy road of contracting. Now, the guys who are good at it, they're good at it. They know how to collect that money. They know, how, they know how to handle these conversations and keep their business timely and tidy. For independent adjusting, you have your own logistical things that you're going to have to focus on, but they are different challenges than what there are as a roofer. So it is not uncommon, if you want me to get back to the main point here, it is not uncommon to meet a frustrated contractor out of the house and them say, man, how would you go about getting into adjusting? I need something more consistent. I don't like this hot and cold thing. And of course, adjusting has its own hot and cold, but it is different. So I would say the number one type of crossover is someone who's tired of doing contracting. And again, I did this with my buddy, Clint Harper, way back when in between getting rural adjusting services going and figuring out my relationship with pilot and basically needing to be home more often because I had little kids. I have partaken in contracting and it's a challenging business 
it's a challenging business. It's still fun. It's still work, but I like adjusting. Are you ready to elevate your career as an independent insurance adjuster? Visit adjuster-talk.com to download our exclusive guide, Five Ways to Improve Your Independent Adjusting Career. This essential resource contains insights and tips to enhance your professional journey. And remember, a polished presentation at a claim isn't just about knowledge. It's also about gear and attire. Royal Adjusting Service supports you in every way, ensuring you make the best impression every time. Don't wait to take your career to the next level. Head to adjuster-talk.com today and start transforming your future. What's the number two? All right. So the rule in real estate is that the market's going to be good six or seven years. And then real estate is undoubtedly going to take a breath. For instance, in 2024, we are in a high interest rate environment, which means the government has basically said, everybody needs to slow down and stop moving unless you're rich and then you can move. But everybody else needs to stay still. And so what happens is all these average houses at the 350000 price point, they get stuck for a while. It's a tough real estate environment to be a commissioned salesperson. So we see real estate agents cross over to adjusters, typically in that one or two years, whenever you see pullbacks in the real estate market. Also, appraisals will be slow during that time, right? Where they, whenever you buy a house, you have to have an appraiser come out and appraise the value so that way the bank can say, yeah, we think the house is worth that or we think the house is worth less or whatever the bank thinks about it. But whenever you slow down the volume of real estate transactions significantly, both the real estate agent and the real estate appraiser lose those opportunities. Okay, And so then we see some crossovers into adjusting right there from those two parties, okay? And both of those people, those are good professional people. They have An appraiser has to test to get their license, as does a real estate agent. Those are good crossovers. Usually those people make it. I'd say especially appraisers because they're accustomed to getting on roofs. They're accustomed to getting in attics. They're accustomed to spending a few hours just investigating every little doodad that's at the house, right? As a matter of fact, I think, it's my opinion, I think that adjusting is easier than doing home appraisals and very similar in billing nature, meaning the invoices for scoping and closing a house and doing an insurance claim is similar in price to doing an appraisal. So typically those home appraisers do well. They know how to do their schedules and get out there and go for it. The agents, honestly, when the real estate market heats back up, it's pretty much easy money for those guys if they know what they're doing. They always cross back over into real estate. They take off their adjusting magnet and they put on their real estate magnet on their car door. All right. And then the third person, this person's a shoe in to do good. This was me. This is a few people that work at Rural Adjusting Services. They are staff adjusters, okay? I know I've told my story before. I'll make it brief and quick so you don't have to hear it again for the hundredth time. But I was a staff adjuster, and that's where I got my basic training and then saw the big opportunities blowing up in the Gulf of Mexico in the form of giant hurricanes. And I was like, yep, that's for me. That is what I want to be doing. I do not want to be hanging out in the Arizona desert. 
I want to go be part of the action. And so we see staff adjusters do very well. I'll give you another example. There's a Texas insurance company called Germania Insurance. It is a good company. They are smart. They've gotten through this economic pinch for insurance companies with relative ease, no downgrades, didn't lose any of their reinsurance certificates, anything like that. These guys are really sharp business people. We have no less than three or four different adjusters who were staff adjusters for Germania. And then they decided they want to go set up their independent adjusting business because they have enough of a network, which is something we need to talk about. And I haven't touched a bit on networking yet in this relaunch, but um, staff adjusters do very good. They understand the business. Uh, most of the time, if they've been a staff adjuster for very long, that means they've dealt with independent adjusters. And if they have dealt with independent adjusters, it means that they have had some difficult times with the less qualified. So they know what not to do, which is super important, right? That's how you stay off the radar. And the last thing you want to do is jump on someone's radar and become a pain in their butt. You want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Staff adjusters do very well. I would say they probably outperform contractors, appraisers, or real estate agents when it comes to crossing over to independent adjusting. Keep in mind that anybody who is organized and understands how to manage their time, there is no limitations for crossover. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite people who I've ever adjusted claims with was a lawyer who got tired of the desk work. He got tired of sitting there behind the desk and writing all day and reading all day and likened himself to an outside dog, not an inside dog. And so that guy gave up the practice of law to go out and pursue insurance claims because it's fun. It's not easy, but fun. You get to see different people. You get to go out and see different situations. And then, of course, you got that mindsetting that you're going to go out there and try to help whatever situation it is, even if it's a bad situation where you can't write an estimate that's going to get the homeowner money because they don't qualify for whatever reason. Maybe it's not covered. Maybe it's not even damaged. But you get your chance to put your twist on a situation and hopefully improve it. There are four things, four different types of people who cross over well. And of course, the lawyer did a good job. They know what to do. I will say this is my last point before we finish this episode. Whenever I started the old timers who trained me and, you know, these guys knew construction, they know materials, they knew how to handle themselves in the field. They struggled with uh, technology, the improving technology. So they always said, you're going to have your job taken by a nerd with a computer someday. That already happened, right? And I think I was the nerd with the computer. I'm not sure. But now there's even new and better nerds with computers. And they are the guys that are moving in to take our work now. So we got to stay up. We got to keep it, the, keep grinding away and making sure we're not falling behind on our technical skills. That's it. That's what I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Adjuster Talk. If you are one of those parties and want to figure out what independent adjusting is about, please visit royaladjustingservices.com website. Look for the Adjuster Talk heading across the top. 
click on that and then you'll see there's some affiliate education programs you can dig through them and see what they have to offer what they are is a couple of guys that i've known for a long time who started adjusting schools 10 years back and now after they figure out what works and doesn't work they only have the stuff that's working out there for you thank you guys enjoy your day and i hope that you found today's episode valuable thank you for tuning into adjuster talk if you're inspired to join the ranks of skilled independent adjusters or an insurance agency looking for top-notch claims handling your next step is clear reach out to jason at royal adjusting services we're adjusting claims and setting new standards for customer satisfaction and efficiency. Join us in our mission to deliver exceptional service in every claim, every time. Contact Jason today at royaladjustingservices.com and discover how you can be part of the royal difference. Your journey in claims excellence starts here.